0: never it on the ground. I'm not down. I want to go higher, higher, higher than that. This is Write Your Own Story, three keys to rise and thrive in life and business. I'm your host, Rebecca fleetwood Hessian. Hey, kids. Let's talk about the future of work, shall we? Because I have spent the last, I don't even know, 24 or more hours looking at the research, looking at the challenges that exist for leaders, just digging it. You know what's really interesting for me is I wrote my book, Write Your Own Story, Three Keys to Rise and Thrive as a Badass Career Woman. Let's see, I started writing it four years ago-ish. And as I was finishing it up and it was coming out, To be published. That's when 2020, quarantine, COVID. And as I looked at the content of the book and what was happening in the world, and especially what was happening with women in the workforce in the world, it became really clear to me that not only was my book not at all too late, which was one of my concerns when COVID hit, I was like, oh, why didn't I get this out before? And all of a sudden, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, the Bible says for such a time as this. And the content in my book lined up perfectly what what I knew was coming. And so I share all that with you because now that we're in 2023, we're a couple years past 2020, the world is in upheaval still trying to decide what work should look like. Do we go back to the office? Do we stay remote? And that's not really the fundamental question that we need to be asking ourselves as leaders or the problem that we need to solve. So I'm going to read you the inside cover of my book because I wrote this inside cover of my book during 2020 after the book was already written. But I was like, oh my gosh, this is more important now than it's ever been says, it's time to eradicate the factory model of work that has spread to our schools and our homes, leaving us addicted to busyness, control, and achievement. More than 2 million women left the workforce in 2021. I guess I wrote this in 21, not 20. Putting women's labor force at 57%, the lowest since 1988. The global pandemic came on the heels of the 2019 World Health Organization Report on Burnout as an occupational phenomenon, characterized by exhaustion, cynicism, and no more suck it up left to give. Women will return on their own terms, leading thriving lives and careers dedicated to people and prosperity. Business is human. Badass women will change commerce forever as they steward the age of humanity. And as I'm looking at all the research and I'm looking at all the articles about what it's going to take in the future, the thing that is not being addressed nearly enough is if we look at this through the winds of our nervous system, but you know, I'm either like looking at it through nervous system or the Bible or both, like that's my jam, but we are always operating off of patterns of the past. So you've heard me say this a million times. I'm going to keep saying it until it's just common knowledge in the entire world. 80% of our lives are operating below our level of consciousness. We're just, you know, doing stuff. Only 20% is in that strategic planning, prefrontal cortex navigating stuff. Everything else is just, we are on patterns of repeat and our bodies believe that same equals safe. And so we want things to be the same because then we're like, huh, everything's okay. You know, the same things that run our blood pressure and our temperature and everything to try to keep things same. So anytime something is different, there's a change, it disrupts, it causes stress, it causes us to go, hold on, hold on, what's going on? And so, yes, we are in a state of disruption, upheaval. People aren't sure what to do about work. Burnout numbers are rising dramatically. But what's happening too often in the conversations that I'm having with people, more so than what I'm reading, the real story, is People are asking themselves, what can we go back and reignite to make it work again? I had this conversation with a really smart business leader the other day. Wanted to revive something that they had done in the past because that thing that they had done worked and he's so desperate for something that works. He's just looking towards, well, what worked in the past? That's not going to work because we are fundamentally different as humans period. We will never go back to the same standards of expectations about our work, about success. We just won't. I mean, you may have a handful of people that do, but as a society, we won't. And so as leaders and business owners, we have to see the future of work as something we're creating, not something that we're repeating. And so, for some leaders, that is a dramatic shift and not a core competency that they possess. One of the questions that I ask people when I'm trying to help them navigate career change and get into a career that they can truly thrive and create the conditions that they work best in is: I will say, would you rather go to a whiteboard, a blank whiteboard with a marker? Or do you want to go to something that somebody's already created and make it better? One or the other, they'll pick. So leaders that are not whiteboard people, I want to create something, are going to struggle because it's going to take a minute for people to create something that honors the shift that we've had in our humanity. So one of the main shifts is that we're no longer interested in sacrificing our mental health, our family for success. We're just not. There's a decreased level of trust that exists globally now since 2020. And the events of government and business and economy are just keeping that lack of trust stirred up. And so to think that people want to go back to the grind in the name of success, that's not a thing. And then you also have The ability to go and make money in a variety of ways from an entrepreneurial to gig economy to consulting and coaching and people don't want to go sell their soul (laughs) in the name of business success and promotion. And we now know that you can be really effective working remotely and especially for women, largely moms, the ability to manage some of the household needs and not commute, we don't want to go back to that. And so we as business owners and leaders have to look at what are we creating for the future? And what I'm seeing with my clients, largely women, is, man, do you all have the skill set to navigate this and think creatively about what could work managing connection and managing human unique needs and doing it without sacrificing business results. In fact, when you can connect people in meaningful ways and give them a clear picture of the business needs, you can increase. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. So one client had someone that was reporting to them. This has been uh, a couple of years ago, I think, or last year. and the hours that the job had originally been posted were eight to five. Well, now they're in a part remote, like one day a week they work from home and then they're trying to get everybody back in the office four days a week. That was me pausing to roll my eyes really hard, like in heroism style, but I'm not going to cover that today. And this particular person had kids to get on the bus and she was showing up for work often late, just frazzled, stressed, miserable. And so my client sat down with her and said, hey, are you okay? And she broke down and she said, no, I'm not okay. In order to get here at eight o'clock, I have to take one of my kids to the neighbors because the bus doesn't come in time. And then I have to try to figure out how to get the other one to school that their school starts earlier. And she just went into what her every single morning that she had to be in the office was like. And it was stressful and it was causing her all kinds of angst. And you can imagine the vibe in that woman's house in the morning, screaming, trying to get kids where they need to be, like, from a nervous system perspective, that is not the way anybody wants to start their day. And so my client just said, well, why don't you just come in at 8.30? And the woman said, oh, can me?" And she said, absolutely. And they adjusted this woman's hours by 30 minutes. And it has changed her life. It has changed my client's life. It has increased the engagement of this employee to be able to do good work. She is so grateful to my client because of this. We'll probably just move mountains to be helpful in in any way that she can. Just think about that, y'all. This woman was just losing her mind and for whatever reason, afraid or didn't know that she could, afraid to ask for anything to change. The hours are... Eight to five, that's what we do around here. And if we can't, as a company, as leaders, as a society, start to look at each individual situation and allow for these kinds of things, people will leave. You'll lose good employees because you're not looking at them as individual humans with their individual situations. And when I say this, it sounds so logical to me. But I have had so many people say to me, well, if I do it for one, I'm going to have to do it for the others. Maybe or maybe not. But if we don't start looking at each of the others as individuals and getting to know them, y'all, that's what it's going to take in the future. Is it a disruption and a change in the way that we've seen things from the past? Yep, because that's what it's going to take. But if we give people clear goals and clear expectations and the support they need to do the work, people want to be autonomous. They need to be trusted in order to give their best work. So another client, different company, different situation, leads a team. And the team that she leads is largely um, women with young children. And they support another part of the business. um, And there's travel involved in their jobs. And this other part of the business wanted to increase the amount of travel this team is doing. Now, As someone that has traveled with young kids, it ain't no game, man. It is rough. So my client went to this other team leader and said, hey, we're actually looking at ways we can serve our clients well, meet all of our goals, and travel less. And so what you're proposing goes against really what we're trying to do as a team. He had several meetings before she could get them to open their hearts and minds and eyes about this thing. Because there's still a rampant, prove yourself and work harder paradigm that exists in business. And if you're not willing to take the trip, you must not be serious about your job. Y'all, that's bullshit. We have got to stop bullying and gaslighting people that are trying to get a sense of purpose, not only for the work but in their own lives. And so my client was able to share the business case, the plan, how it was going to work to still meet all the goals and objectives without the additional travel. When we were talking about this and I do some coaching with her, I said, well, let's look at the money-making model. Like if we can accomplish the things that need to be accomplished without these X number of extra trips. So when I did the math on how many extra trips this person wanted, times the number of people that were gonna be on the trip, averaged hotels, meals, flights. we're talking like flight kind of travel. The additional expense for these handful of other trips that they were insisting upon was $685,000. It was a lot of people that they wanted to go do these extra trips. You can hire more people To do extra work for that amount of money. There's got to be other solutions for that amount of money on a trip that they really couldn't quantify the value of it being in person other than, well, you know, I think that's what they expect of us. Do they? Is that what people expect anymore? Do we need face-to-face communication? 1,000%. You cannot build high-trust relationships without some face-to-face. But going back to the days like I used to have as a corporate salesperson, they counted the face-to-face appointments that I had each week. And it didn't matter if I had to drive four hours to one of those appointments or get on a plane or walk across the street. But that's not the way that we do things anymore. We have proven that you can have really good conversations with people virtually and Make good progress and limit the number of trips and travel. And so, this leader in this example was able to, several meetings later, get them to accommodate some differences in the way that they were going to handle it, not to add the additional travel. But all the while, there was bullying and gaslighting kind of comments that were meant to challenge and test the commitment of this team, this team that is meeting all of their goals, doing amazing work, actually creating some new value for the company that hadn't been done before, like trailblazing good kind of work. And so I bring these examples up to reinforce that the age of humanity isn't about just adding more programs Or people like training or foosball tables in the break room. It's not about bolting on stuff that is supposed to be nice. It's literally about knowing each person on the team and who they are and what they're good at and what their challenges are and what their life situation is and co-creating a role that meets the business needs and that human's needs. Full stop. Period. Period. And so if you're in leadership or management or somebody on your team that is in leadership and management doesn't like people, they're in the wrong job. You've got to have a heart for this thing. We are not going back to the command and control industrial age model of work. It's over. People are saying, you know what? I'd rather drive Uber or I'm going to move away in Homestead. People are making radical life changes, not to go back to that. And you know who's willing to make the radical life changes? It's not the mediocre people and the slackers. It's the high achievers. So if you want to keep your top talent, you better give them some autonomy to help you figure out some of these challenges. Because if you're trying to just go off into a boardroom somewhere and a couple of you in the organization make decisions for everybody else, that's not your best strategy. And I just am worked up about this because I'm going to look at the skills and the traits necessary to build this new age of humanity. I wrote a blog about it today and put it on LinkedIn, which is way too long of a post for LinkedIn, but I was worked up. So if you want to read it, you can go to my website, RebeccaBleetmanHeshen.com. But I love using the metaphor of a jigsaw puzzle for building organizations. Because each of us is unique, down to our fingerprints. And you've heard me say it, and I'm all keep saying it until everybody gets it. But we're each unique, down to our fingerprints, like a unique piece of a jigsaw puzzle with our jaggedy-ass edges and the dust from the bottom of the box. But if we work together to figure out how those pieces connect, there are three characteristics to a puzzle once it's built. It's far stronger, it's far more beautiful, and every piece matters. But if you're the leader who wants to do this, see each person uniquely in the organization, the age of humanity at its best, one, you're going to have to paint a really clear picture about what the cover of that puzzle box looks like. And I'm not talking about just a simple mission statement or purpose statement. I'm talking about daily giving the context of who the work's for and why it matters, so that people can innovate and make decisions in the moment to serve your customers and your clients. It has to be crystal clear and it has to be on repeat conversationally. It's not enough that somebody can recite it off of their lanyard that they scanned in with or whatever's hanging on the, the wall. They gotta know it deep down so they can adjust and adapt to make decisions in the moment for the business. So There has to be clarity. The second thing is a leader has to be willing to go to the whiteboard and create some of this, figure it out, try it, make mistakes. And you know what my research says is the biggest challenge that we have right now about leaders being able to do that is their fear of failure, which goes way back to what I said earlier is we're always looking for things from the past to replicate, to make them work in the future. And the past has been the industrial age model of quality control, feedback, making mistakes has not been rewarded. And innovation requires mistakes. Building something new requires mistakes. So we have to build the kind of culture that we can celebrate mistakes as a part of learning and get some guts about it because you don't innovate and create without it without mistakes. It's impossible. Can't be done. Which also requires each of those unique pieces of the puzzle to understand the money-making model of your business. So as they're making decisions in the moment, they're making it with the financial acumen front and center. It can't be just a couple of people's job to manage the money. Everybody needs to understand the money-making model at a really deep level. And finally, the traits that are necessary in leadership for this age of humanity are empathy. The ability to look at that woman who was frenetically miserable because she'd had to take her kids to the neighbor's house to get on the bus just so she could get to work at 8 o'clock in the morning when she had been working from home for a couple of years successfully. Y'all, that's just stupid. And to have the empathy to say, hey, are you okay? And to put yourself in that woman's shoes. To put yourself in the shoes of those women that didn't want to travel more because they'd like to be home more than two hours a night with their kids that they're raising. Empathy, feelings, connection. It's table stakes, y'all. And then to be able to adapt to the changing demands and be able to say to people, okay, well, let's figure it out together. Not the lone ranger that's going to go in and make the decisions, and then report back on what they've come up with. You may be adapting daily, on the fly. So we got to be really clear on what our purpose is. Who do we serve? Why does it matter to them and to us? Really clear on the money-making model so that each individual piece of that puzzle knows how to adapt and make decisions in the moment. And I tell you, there's 50 more levels of depth and Things that need to be considered in creating this new way of living and working. But I tell you what, when I think about the traits that are necessary to work with empathy and adaptability and build connection with people and build purpose for the way that life feels and the way that we're serving our customers and making money doing it, I'm not here to throw out the financial aspect of things. I'm a capitalist, I'm in. But you know who comes to mind when I think about the skills of empathy and adaptability and figuring out how to make all the connections work and adapting on the fly? Moms. I don't know anybody better at being able to do those things. And listen, don't come at me and say, "Well, men are good at it." Look, yes, okay, yes. I know some amazing ones that are. I'm just saying, in general, the skills necessary to manage the chaos that exists in in raising a family. There are a large number of moms that have amazing skills with these things. And so, moms, lean in. Listen to me for a minute. Don't give up and don't give in. This is our time to shine. This is our time to illustrate how important these skills are in helping the business Run better. You know how to do this. Don't wait for permission. Stop proving yourself. Stop working harder. Own who you want to be at home and own your skills and talents at work. And let's show up at work, ready to serve, but courageously challenging things that are not serving the greater team or the customers. Just because it's the way it used to be doesn't mean that it's the way that it needs to be in the future. I believe this wholeheartedly that the heart and the skills of women are what this age of humanity and creating this new way of living and working requires. And I need you. I need your skills. I need you in this movement. I need you looking around and saying, No, I want to work. I don't want to quit, but I don't, I'm not gonna work like this. I'm gonna start to understand the money-making model of my business. I'm gonna understand what it takes for me to showcase my unique gifts and talents to be relevant and valuable and make an impact. Let's do this together. Please, if you can't do it for you, look at those kids and know that the changes that we make today will be the future of work for them. I'm so worked up about it. I wanna invite you to come join me on January 8th. We're gonna do a two-hour kickoff to 2024. We're gonna talk about some of these Age of Humanity, what it means to build the future of work. And I'm going to show you something that I've built that for the Badass Women's Council community, I can take 20 women on this ride with me. We're going to go on this ride for six to eight weeks and teaching you some of these skills that I'm talking about and how to use the skills that you already have with greater meaning and purpose. So if you want next year to be different for all the right reasons, Let's do this. Let's do it together. Okay, it's late because I have been just in this for hours and hours and hours and hours today. And I wanted to just quickly record this while I was feeling the full range of emotions about it. So message me, Rebecca at we thrive.live. Say I want more information. Put me on the newsletter. Tell me more about it. Message me on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever you can find me. Let's do this together. Let's build a new way to live and work. It's time. It's way over time alright Joel. That's all for today. I love you. Mean it. Thanks for listening to this episode. I would love it if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. And then you can go to RebeccaFleetwoodHessian.com and join the Badass Women's Council and if you really want to take a deeper dive, join the movement of a thousand thriving women. There's amazing Thrive tools there for you today. Love you, mean it. And I'm not coming down. Hey, y'all. Fun fact. If you like the music for the podcast, that is actually my son, Cameron Hessian. And I would love it if you would go to Spotify and iTunes and follow him and download some of his other music. My personal favorite is TV Land.